Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today on Two Black Guys with Good Credit, we dug into the crates for a classic episode. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Big Sean, what's going on, man? Madame, 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 Mr. Forbes. All right, that's good. I had something to tell you, my brothers. So the other day I'm in L.A. in an Uber. Yes, it's a rare thing, but it does happen. And the dude that's driving is telling me how he got downsized from his job and now he's driving Uber full time. I'm like, what? Yo, that is so crazy because every now and then I have guys come into my shipping business in like jeans and a t-shirt and I'm like, I'm dropping off a pa- package for Amazon. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, <laughs> you know who he is? Who he? Well, it's something called the gig economy. I get it. He's just a gigolo. And everywhere he goes, people know the words he says. Oh, my gosh. You can see where this is going, Arlington. Well, well, I want to take you guys to the jazz era. Thank you for that, Sean. Um, The 1920s. So that's actually when the the term gig was first coined. So think about these jazz musicians who regularly, you know, performed in clubs. Um, Mm -hmm. Now let's consider the Great Depression, right, in the 1930s, when Mm -hmm. farmers had to end up selling their land. Uh, and start working as migrant workers. They couldn't get the steady work. So they'd move from farm to farm, right? Still happens to this very day. That's right. And then it was the 1940s when you had your first temp, temp agency. So these were, uh, this was businesses that provided typists and other clerical trained staff, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have the, the early to late 90s when technology, you know, really allowed uh, the, gig, the gig economy to really start taking off, right? These damn gigolos, everywhere they laid their hat, it was their home, man. They were everywhere. Everywhere. Okay. Oh, now you're just mixing songs, <laughs> errors, <laughs> everything. So just to put things in perspective, in the 1990s, 10% mm-hmm. of the U.S. workforce was employed as contractors and temps, right? Then oh. came Craigslist, Upwork, you know, remote, these remote job platforms. Uh, right. Before you know it, 
because uh, you know it was a launching pad you said for Craigslist. now. Yeah, it's Craigslist. So I one thing yeah. I say about Craigslist: if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Craigslist <laughs> is refusing to upgrade. <laughs> we don't want the upgrade. We're staying oh. version 1.0, and we're sticking with it. That font, I can't even. <laughs> but really and truly, it was these platforms that provided you know gig workers a place to find work. Then along right. came Airbnb and Uber, and well, let's we you know that everything went on steroids. And now right. over 30 percent of the population is gigging and there's no sign of it slowing down. Yeah, I'm telling you, the work environment is changing from like a single career to multiple jobs. When I was graduating of college, like you were just like, go get that great corporate job and, and that's it. But now it's like, you know, people got to get their hustle on. They got to have multiple streams of income. Back in my days, it was just good to stick with one thing, you know? It was just a single gig. And you get the watch and you retire. Yeah, you Call it the, a day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they were looked at as an outlier or being weird if you, like, wanted to do multiple things. People were like, hey, what? No, we just go to work, one job, come home, get the watch, like Dion said, and, and we're good. Medea. <laughs> <laughs> I've arrived. <laughs> you know what my favorite thing is? How you as a Bayesian appropriate Jamaican terminology constantly. <laughs> Arlington, see, he broke it out. You know, most non-Caribbean people can't tell the difference. So I can, oh, between I can Bayesians and Jamaicans? All of the islands, so I can jump around, but you just blew it up. I had to. As a Jamaican, I'm like, this dude is appropriate. It's cultural appropriation. <laughs> but in response to gigs, man, it is a new day. Because, yes, it's a lot of independent contractors that are, that are out here. People are able to sh- sell their labor on these platforms. And the economy is basically tipping Two ways. On one hand, it's it's putting some power in the hand of the labor person to sell their labor at, at a price they deem. But on the other hand, it's putting a lot of power in the hands of corporations who are now saying, you know, we're going to take on these people as for temporary jobs well, instead of hiring them for permanent positions. No more. We don't have to buy Rolexes anymore. Well, you're not know, giving them anymore. Check it out this way, dude. Like, let's get back to my gigolo analogy, okay? If mm-hmm. I'm, you know, the handsome gigolo that I am, and you know, it's just you and I in a room, and nobody knows of me, they're not going to know that. Know they're I not comfortable <laughs> with you and I in a room. I heard it. Know. It kind of hung in the air for a second. They're not going to know that. I, they're not going to know that I gig, dog. As handsome as I am, who's going to know that I gig? But when the internet came out, that was a game changer. I was able to put my beautiful face all over the internet, show my abs, show my biceps, and be like, I'm gigging. And the world can see me. And that was the equalizer. That changed the game. And people that wanted to use me and abuse me and say, we can put it out there for you. No, the internet mm-hmm. equalized all that because I don't need the middleman anymore to advertise my, my assets. I'm going to put them out there <laughs> myself. So the Listen. internet was a gig, the game changer of my gigging. gigging. Get Listen, it? Dig it? If you want to be a gigolo and put your assets <laughs> out there in the world... I'm just giving an analogy, bro. Just just stick with the analogy. You get it, don't you? I am not going to challenge you. I I believe you have the right to do as you will. But we have to be clear. The rise of the gig economy, yeah, it's made it easier. You can throw your... uh, Assets. Skills up on the internet. On the, yeah, your assets. <laughs> a gigolo like you can put your assets on the internet for all to see. But the reality is, is this becoming lucrative? And who is it really lucrative for? 
Because if you, for a lot of skilled professionals, web developers, these people are able to leverage their skills to maximum benefit. That is not necessarily true for everybody. Well, it's how you take on this gig, and you have to understand what the mindset. Like, you can't look at a gig, you know, as me as a professional gigolo. It's not a long standing out in the street just trying to sell your wares. I got the internet, dog. Did you not hear what I just said? Do I need to repeat my words again? I don't have to go that route on the streets. Stop with this analogy. Spread his assets around the world. So (laughs) a gig, a gig is 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 like you got to look at it as a a temporary work arrangement. You know, right? And and the main difference between a traditional worker is that a gig is temporary, and you're paid for that specific job, and you're hoping that. You do well in that specific job, and you can leverage that experience and that job to get into another gig and continue and keep the pattern continuous. You're always you know upgrading like your you? resume when you're gigging. You know what I like about you, man? You sound like that Uber commercial where they're like, I just wanted to buy a home, and I started driving Uber on the side. Well, here's the reality, my friend. That's your favorite. Gig word. workers have very few rights, like actual employees. They don't get minimum wage. So when that Uber car isn't moving, you are making no money. When no one is hiring you, you are making no money. And you know what happens when you get a cold? You make no money Mm. because you are not being paid. You don't get sick leave. There's no benefits. You don't get overtime. You are required to pay for your own expenses. So, you know, you can make a lot from a gig. I get it. Being a consultant is great. I get that, too. Yes, it's tough. It's tough. So just to distinguish that, you know, within the gig economy, there are three main sections. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just a gig. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, man, put your assets back on the Internet and be quiet. (laughs) There's um, what they call specialists like Sean Linda here. Um, (laughs) The laborer like the Uber driver you mentioned, Arlington. And then there's the companies, right. Then there's the companies like the task rabbits and the, um, you know, uh, upworks that are companies that connect workers to consumers in a direct manner. Well, to quote my, the great Christopher Wallace. Wait, wait, wait. Don't quote nothing. (laughs) Don't quote nothing. I want to respond to directly to what Dion just said, because there are three sections as she outlined. I'm just, and my people, you need to be in section one, yeah. which is for the specialists. Yeah. Because those guys get all the money, they have all the control, they have the most flexibility, and they're the ones that will really end up buying that house at the end of the day. And we have to understand that because if you're in some other components, like let's say you're more in the labor for sale component, it can put you in one of the more disadvantaged groups. Yeah. I mean, right? the average Which are, uh, rewind. Hold on. Hold mean? up. It's not traditional Re- work. Repeat those three sections to this brother pain. again. Like, let, let our it, listeners hear them again. Repeat those three sections that, that traditional, what the three gig sections are again. And let me make my few points on those things. Go ahead. Okay. So we've got the Fine, specialist. Cut me off, <laughs> yeah. you damn gigolo. <laughs> <laughs> there's the laborer. Uh huh. And then there's the actual companies that connect the Laborer, workers to the picking consumer. Fruit. Okay, driving so cars. You chose the specialist, but wouldn't you rather be the company that connects? That's ooh, my point. Ooh, like, that's like I'd rather be the company. I get your argument with the labor, but why aren't you inspiring our listeners to say, mm. "Be the company that connects." 
be that well, person. Well, the, 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 yeah, we know, we know, we know. You're, start, you're slurring a little now. Something going on? Are you having, are you having a seizure right now? <laughs> That's why we just wanted people to really understand the three fields. We like we go hard or we go home. Once again, like the great Christopher Wallace, aka Biggie Smalls, would say, "This is only for the live ones." You understand what I'm saying? Mm. Like if you ain't, you know. You may, this is not for everybody. You're not getting the traditional benefits. You're not getting all the perks and quirks. You're just getting the hard, as my homegirl Dion would say, give me a high five to this one. You're just getting the high K-Gash. And when you get that high K-Gash, <laughs> you got to know how to leverage what that K-Gash. K-Gash. <laughs> That's some serious cash. <laughs> cash. You got to know how to leverage that and build your own plan around it and know that I'm just going to, I control my fate. Wow. Okay. So the gig is okay. up. All right. The gig is up. You know what? I was going to add a few words to what you said, but, you know, let's just go. I dropped the mic, homeboy. Drop the mic. Fine. The gig is up. Two black guys with good credit. Ah, two black guys with good, not credit. It's good credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the gig is up. We're getting into it. Sean is gigoloing. Just to giggle everywhere and I go. Confused. credit. The gig is up. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. We are chopping it up because the gig is up, people. The gig economy is here. It's here to stay, and you got to get in where you fit in. So now we're looking at consequences and exposures of participating in said economy. Sean, any thoughts, my good friend? The gig is up for you and I to be in love. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting into the 80s thing again. No, uh, doing... <laughs> there's so much you can do with this gig. There's so much you can do with this gig. of music lyrics is unbelievable. <laughs> doing a gig, it's best to specialize versus, I think, being a jack-of-all-trades. You could be... A jack of all, you can be a jack of all trades and a master of nothing. And with gig, most employers and people looking for gig people, they're looking for them to have a niche special niche specialization. So I'm highly recommending that you really t- focus in on one facet. Yes, um, McKinsey. They did a rep- it was a report by McKinsey that found that knowledge intensive industries and creative mm-hmm. occupations are the largest, fastest-growing segments of the freelance economy. So you're dead on, Sean Linda. It makes sense. Like, <clears throat> like any, any career, any job, if the barriers to entry, and we've talked about this on the show, if the barriers to entry are nil, the compensation will be low because the demand will be low. If the barriers to entry are high, compensation will be high. Compensation will be high because it's so few people to choose for the supply. That's right. The supply right. of that labor and is small, so people will pay more for it, right? Therefore, so, yeah, you definitely got to be skilled. Economics and Anyone one, can drive a car. Exactly. Therefore, Economics 101 says that Sean is a top gigolo. <laughs> <laughs> And because, Arlington, I will continue on my gigolo mission of life, Arlington, it's because of innovation. That's what will keep this gigolo moving forward. They can't stop me, dog. Once the time they put out the, as Jamaicans would say, the internet, you can't stop me. You can't stop me because I can always market, 
push myself, get jobs, solicit jobs, the power of the internet. I always say the internet is the equalizer. And they say, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not the man with the facts. You know, I'm gonna leave the lady with the facts. But I just want to throw one point out there. They say in the next twenty years, half the world employment will be gigging. Okay, okay. Well, think about that. If half the world's economy are se- is selling their labor on the internet, how you have to be highly specialized. Or yes. else you have nothing to sell because you're not Absolutely. just competing anymore with Sean in Brooklyn. You're competing with Xu Jinping that lives in China. Absolutely. Because work is happening online. There are so many people, they don't even go into offices anymore. Oh. I had a guy in Malibu, funny, quick story, not funny story, quick story. This gentleman in Malibu, he works in branding. He had an office due to the fires, which we've had. His office burned down. He told all of his staff to work from home. Now he no longer is rebuilding an office. He's no longer rebuilding an office because they're getting the same work done using things like Skype and all these online tools. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need an office. So, And what he actually said, which pertains to this show specifically, he says, now I can hire staff from anywhere in the world oh. because we're meeting online to discuss the jobs. They do the work. We check in. There's all these tools. No, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I mean, you, you, and I, you and I talk about this all the time, Arlington. We're trying to get to that point as well where we can just do work in our slippers. You know, that's right, where right. I'm trying to get to. For sure. And, and just to give you a sense, right, supply and demand. So Uber drivers, they were making about $1,535 um, a what? monthly income on average. How much? How much? That was sorry? in 2012. So 15, $1,535. How many hours in income monthly, right? How many hours? Mama got to work for that. Right? I don't I don't have the hours, but that was in 2012. As we Wait, say in the Caribbean, enough, 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 enough. Them not sleep, them not sleep. Them not sleep, them not sleep, brethren. Uber they bout. And now... In 2019, as of this March, they're making on average about $762. Wow, they're cut, so salary cut in half? More than half. Wow. No, the demand, no, it's not that. I, I, it's well, so saturated. It's the saturation. Yes, it's so saturated. Yeah, still, they're working the same amount of hours, but getting half the pay. It's a race. When, a, when you get an Uber call, you're racing to get to that. Yeah. It's a race. You know, I think the way you win with Uber is the guy who wins with Uber is the guy, and I hate to be beating Uber Uber in the head, but this isn't new information. It's out there on the internet. Don't be mad at us. Um, the guy who wins at Uber, Sean, I would go out and lease 10 cars. Well, I, I don't even think And should... I would get nine guys to drive for me and take a cut off of what they're doing because they may not have cars and do that. So you become like your own mini mini medallion taxi cab service. I know we're going to get into it later, but we're so misleading people if they're listening to this show and think the gig economy is all about Uber and Airbnb because it truly is not. You know, I think when we talk about the Ubers, we can talk about, you know, not to harp on Uber in any way. I love Uber. If you guys want to promote our show, no problem. Two bad guys with good credit. We're ready there, (laughs) ready, willing, and able for you. But I mean, if we can get into some of the exploitation that happens around gigging, you know, it, you know, one thing I know, people seek desperation when they see people trying to do gigs or freelance or what we call, they look to exploit them. You know, if you don't have, you know, I'd highly advise, I don't care if you're cutting grass to make sure you get a contract in place. 
For uh, sure. You know, it's very important. That, and that still doesn't guarantee payment. You know, and if you want, have a lawyer create, a, create your initial contract that you can use throughout your deals. And it's and it's because it's common for people to renege on agreements. Like I had a simple agreement a month ago. You know, mm-hmm. I live in a, a, a brownstone neighborhood and they came around to my door and like, oh, we want to shoot a film 30 minutes on your steps. Do you, can we do it? And I'm like, sure, no problem. You're going to pay me X amount of money? I said, sure, no problem. Dude, it's two months. I'm still waiting on this money. I asked yep. them, you know, what happened? Where's the money? Oh, we're sending it. We're this, we're that. And I'm like, wow, I feel exploited. You know, I got this gig mm-hmm. and I haven't got paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The exploitation the will be rampant in the gig economy. Absolutely. Because if you look at it, <clears throat> think of it. If you're a company, you really just need top line people to manage it. And then everybody else, you will contract per job. That's it. And think about and if you're doing you're right. it internationally. Like people think like you got to be careful. When you, and, and I love international business, don't get me wrong. But if you're hiring people or you're getting paid from a gig that's internationally, your recourse mm-hmm. is so limited. Mm-hmm. Like, Very difficult. <laughs> the, sure. Don't think the domestic courts in New York or wherever you live, whatever state you live in, can help you fight a lot, fight somebody that hasn't paid you in India. It's not happening. They're going to be like, well, here's the thing. <laughs> they can help you fight it and you may get a decision. But they're not going to go to India to get you your money. Exactly. And no one's going to drag that employer from India back. But I, th- I agree with your point. It's that in the gig economy, you have to look at yourself as an independent corporation, an independent company. So as a company, you're going to want to have things like contracts that represent your brand. And your brand will have to have specific stipulations Like, I remember back when I had my production company, for example, which would technically have been part of the gigging economy. It was a gig. It was a gig. It was a gig. (laughs) You know what? It was all contracted work. But I had specific things in place. From the moment you engaged with me, I sent you a contract that would lay out what the payment terms are. And, you, you know, you have to be clear on what you're doing. And, again, I was selling a specialized skill, which is production. Labor is going to become a challenge as we move forward. I would say, just you know, to be labor. perception is everything. The more, like Arlington just said, when he was gigging, let's say gigging, when he was gigging, he did have, perception-wise, he looked like he had it together. Like, here's my payment structure, here's no, no, our No, it wasn't perception, my brother. I had it together. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Perception, you have to have perception and having it together is the best combination. So people across the table know that this guy is a serious person. He has everything together. And that reduces your likelihood of being taken advantage of. For sure. Yeah. You have to be a brand. Exactly. Brand yourself. Create a brand. Brand yourself. Yeah. Like when do you you decide to form a corporation? At at some point, you got to really start structuring your business, like you're saying. Did we not do just social? Our last show was about incorporating, right? That's right. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Throwing it back. This, and this is right up your alley, Sean, because Lord knows you love the, you're the king of the LLC. Legalize it. That's our the show. The king of the LLC. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Economy, you need to either be an LLC or a corporation. An LLC, a limited liability corporation, or an S Corp, or an S Corp. Yeah. You now, some say. You need to be one of those two things because you can't just show up and say, I did this job, you know, bill me via PayPal for. A hundred bucks. Right. But just keep in mind, everyone, when you get to that point and 
people try to decide, okay, when do I, when do I actually form a corporation? But some say a rule of thumb. When you start making at least consistently $30,000, that's a good time to really incorporate Mm-hmm. Um, and then, by the way, that costs. So again, just keep that in mind when you're ready to do it. There's filing costs, um, usually about $2,000 a year. So just being mindful that when you're ready to do it, you know, oh, for sure. there's an investment. Not to contradict you, Arlington, but one of my favorite things is actually real estate. So if you're, when you're gigging, I think you have to take in consideration like loans and mortgages are challenging because what's happening is that <laughs> Banks. Yo, why are you talking like this all of a sudden, man? Let me clear my throat. Sound like Dizzy Gillespie on my Let me clear my throat. So, <laughs> what's happening, and I'm sure Arlington, you can attest to this, is that, okay, we have this new innovative thing called the gig economy where everybody's kind of outsourcing their skill sets and freelancing, whatever you want to call it. And then these slow-moving banks and lenders haven't adjusted to accommodate. They're still asking for traditional things that they were asking 50 years ago to get a loan and getting a mortgage. Show me your work history. Show me three years of pay stubs. Show me this. Exactly. Show me that. And, and, every, and, and everybody knows, too, when we're freelancing and we're gigging, let's put it out there and be honest. We're expensing everything. So we may bring in $100,000 a year, $200,000 a year as our gross income, and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll expense it out, getting a coffee, having a meeting, doing this. So it may look on paper that we only make $20,000 for a year because we've expensed everything out. But the banks don't like to see that. So what makes it difficult is getting loans on your gig business, getting loans on your, getting a mortgage. So, you, it, you know, there's a catch-22. You know, no. I th- <clears throat> 100%. I th- you have to show, you know, the, the only way to win is to show consistent upward income. Or maybe your significant other has a non-gig job. But just know the catch twenty two is once you show that income, Uncle Sam's coming to get his money. He's coming. That's right. Well, in in lieu of Uncle Sam coming, this half of two black guys with good credit would like to say on his taxes he only expenses those things that Uncle Sam oh, allots. My God. Thank you very much. And his tax <laughs> ID is But here, moving on with what you're saying. Can you imagine if you're a two-person household, you and your wife, and you're both in this temporary economy? So there's no minimum wage being guaranteed in your home. So your salary goes up and down. Because when you have a production company, some jobs are big and some jobs are small. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You may have a base rate, but at the end of the day, you know, not every job you take is a 100K job. Some are 15. I've done $200,000 jobs, $500,000 jobs. $200,000 $200,000 jobs. It ranges, you know, and that is that's that is really a challenging thing because depending on what the 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 skill set you're offering and having no minimum wage to fall back on, this could create a situation where a lot of people fall into a, a deep a deep hole. It can really create a grim long-term outlook. Totally. And not to mention it can be feast or famine. Business yes. could be good. You could be on a roll, right? And the mm-hmm. next thing you know, you hit a you had a dry spell. So that's where financial literacy again, and you know, is going to be so key in how to make sure your money's working for you in between those dry spells. Well, I would say yes. this: it, what you have to do if you're you know you're committed and you and your spouse and you're totally hundred percent committed to this gig environment, which is nothing wrong with it. I think it's trending. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. You have to set. Yeah. You have to put something that has a little more stability, so the perception is once again that you're stable, and that may be 
putting some of your resources and money that you've made into like buying a multifamily property. So you have that consistent rental income coming in that you can show the banks, yes. you can show the government. Here's the stability in my outliers until the banks correct themselves is this gig. You know, have some other type of business that has some stable income, consistent income coming in that you can always show consistently every year I make X amount of dollars. I think that's key. And I think the banks are going to have to change. We may go back to the days of stated income where you state what your income is. Oh, how I would love those days. Oh, my God. You want to do this gigolo, gigolo, be happy? Let them days come back. (laughs) Stated income. I think it's inevitable. But, But the other thing here that's really important that people, I want people to hear as well, to succeed in the gig economy requires discipline. Mm, it's yes. not just wake up, roll out and do whatever, make a few bucks and come back home because you're going to find yourself spinning your wheels. It will take discipline to start these companies, to brand yourself, to put yourself out there as an independent entity, to develop proper contracts, to make sure you get paid and you're, the person that's paying you understand that there will be consequences for not paying you. It will take time management. It will take investing your money, as Sean just said, so that when there are no jobs on the horizon, that you know that your finances, you're being taken care of and your money is still building. It will require serious discipline. And I think people aren't thinking about that right now, Sean. Yeah. And we, I, wait, and we haven't talked about retirement yet. Oh, I'll, I'll, let you, but I'll let you continue, Sean. No, I was going to say, too, like the young people like we I know I when I was young and old people would say this to me, like if you can set the foundation from now to gig and then invest in these assets that will get that consistent income, you will be so much ahead of the curb, you know. But anyhow, back now to retirement and managing investments, you have to have that discipline. I had to do it. Arlington had to do it. Dion had to do it where you have that regardless if you're gigging or not, that consistent money coming out of your account going towards your retirement. Because yeah. you could get so caught up in this gigging thing that down the road you realize that you have nothing to show for it except some some history of good times. Yep. You know? Yes, and there's four ways to do that. Um, either payroll deductions, as we talked about. There's a simplified employee pension. There's the simple, simple IRA plan. And then there's the self-employed 401k profit sharing plan. I won't go into too, too much detail, but you can look those, look, definitely research those and see what's most suitable for your, your lifestyle and your business. Yeah, and stay tuned. We have a retirement show coming up just for you to cover all these things. So keep listening to Two mm-hmm. Black Guys with Good Credit. But well, if you're it's gigging, it's, it, you need to look into it now. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. The gig economy puts everything on you and allows the corporations to walk away and just take what they need, which is your labor power or your brain power. Two black guys with good credit. We are gigging. The gig is up. We are talking about it. We're chopping it up. We're giving it to you every which way from Sunday. I know you like this one. I know you like this one. We're getting giggy with it. it? We're getting giggy with it. Getting giggy with it. (laughs) (laughs) I know you like that one. Keep it locked. I don't know how he does (laughs) this. You get Getting giggy with it. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Dion, I I loved the phrase, get giggy with it. 
We should have named so it So you that. ain't like what? none of my phrases, huh? You didn't like none of... None all of that, that creative <laughs> stuff that I came up with, it just means nothing to you, right? I am the creative one in this show, okay? I came with all this creative <laughs> stuff, and you just you just really tossing... She came with one little Slow gig, down, and you're all over that. You're all over that. Gig, gig off, man. Gig off, guy. <laughs> Slow down, Grandpa. I didn't know you were so sensitive. The name of the show is The Gig Is Up. Dion had a good one. You know, get giggy with it. You were great with the you I know, ha- you hijack section. You hijack the top of the show with your whole gigolo and all the songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Although I cannot take credit for get giggy with it. That actually was Sean's. I said, ah, oh, you, you shouldn't you have gig? said it. <laughs> you should have kept it to yourself. You should have just kept it to yourself. Uh, okay, but respect. listen. Sean, the thing I want to clarify for the people them is when we started on this project, you had some very rosy glasses when it came to the whole gig economy. Right. And I feel like now things have changed. I did. I did. And we talk about it all the time. Arlington. One thing I what personally why I love doing this show is because regardless of what topic we choose, we learn so much by the research that we do. Mm-hmm. And, and we share it with you, people. And we share it with you. And we give you the inside look and just a different perspective on things. And when everybody hears this gig economy, you, you immediately jump to what is popular in the media, the Airbnbs, the Ubers, the Lyft, and so forth. And when right. you really break it down, them not the ones making all the money. That's not where the money is. That's where you got to put in. You got to put a lot of time. It's got. It's a mm-hmm. lot. It's a lot of effort. Right. But the money wear is and tear. The money is back yes. to what exactly. Insurance. The money is, is where it was when, when I graduated from college in the nineties. It's it's really still in tech. Yes. The top paying yep. gig jobs are tech jobs like artificial intelligence jobs pay one hundred fifteen dollars and six cents an hour. Blockchain, what's new and innovative? They need people to manage that cork. No, cryptocurrency stuff that's paying like $87 an hour Robo- so much you can't even get the words out of your exactly. mouth choking on it robotics robotics $77 an hour you know Amazon even programmers not Amazon delivery guys that we mentioned Amazon oh, not the guys in there not the guys in the plant that have 60 seconds to pull your thing no the web service guys they're making yes. $51 an hour you know yeah. you got virtual reality people making money and even going right down to Instagram marketing jobs a cut off the, which was a was in the top was number 10 of the top paying jobs. So those Instagram influencers and stuff like that, they can channel that and leverage that to make money. So right. you know, but my you're talking about the marketing people that actually work at Instagram. No, it's people if you can do some good marketing. Are you, you talking can, about the influencers? Or are you talking about the people that work inside or work for Instagram? The work is marketing Instagram, correct. Right. It's yeah. not the influence. No. But they're right. freelancers, the Instagram marketing freelancers, they're freelancers. Yeah. They make like 30-something dollars an hour. And so the yeah. misconception was like, oh, when you get a gig, you're going to do Uber, and that's where the money is. That's not where the money is. So, yeah. And it comes back to, once again, education. So mm-hmm. for all you young people listening to this show, all you people that are in transition in your workforce, you don't know what to do next, this is where you get the ideas. Okay, look and see where the demand is and what pays high and specialize in that skill. So those things that we mentioned – Go back to school, educate yourself on these things, learn these different skill sets so you have a valuable asset that you can leverage and get top dollars for. You know, the ones that are driving the Ubers and the Lyfts, and they're the ones that, you know, they're, they're like Arlington said, supply and demand, no offense, but there's a lot of people that have a driver's license. 
Therefore, the yep. lobby that can drive Uber. Therefore, the, the wages that is not going to pay a lot, and you're going to put in a lot of time and effort. But if you specialize, True. you can make a lot more bang for your buck. I feel like the side hype man in this narrative. Yep. <laughs> you said it. One hundred. <laughs> and oh with God. that, <laughs> and with that said, I think it's time for gig or not to gig. Oh God, that it's like a, a game show around here. <laughs> uh, so speaking of Uber, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Arlington since Sean took up a lot of air just now. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're running out of time. I spoke for like 20 minutes. Score, score, seven years ago, tech was still leading the industry when I graduated from school in 1895. Uh, So, Arlington, are you you, you getting behind the wheel and and Ubering? Dion, hell to the nah. (laughs) I'm not knocking anybody that's out there like, if I get behind the wheel, like I said, I'm a, I'm getting behind the wheel of my car, but I leased out 10 other cars. Got because it. It's challenging. If in an unskilled environment, you have to still find a way to set yourself apart. Mm-hmm. Just going in with your lack of skills to do what everybody else with lack of skills is doing is not going to work it. You got to come up with something. So if I'm Ubering me in a car, no, because I need my sleep. My insurance only allows me to drive my car so many miles. My car is leased, number one. Tires for a Mini Cooper are expensive. Oh. Gas in LA is expensive. And I have no insurance, no hourly minimum, no sick days, no, no, no hell to the nut. Oh, and that, that beauty sleep is priceless. Can I, can, I, can I give a comment? You sure can. Oh, Jump in here, Sean. Are you Ubering? Shout out to all the Uber drivers out there that listen to our show, Two Black Guys with Good Credit. We love you. I'm gonna, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a totally different perspective from Mr. Malibu Arlington Forbes that doesn't want to mess up his Mini Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Uber driving should be a short-term thing. Like you may, I think you could have okay. your regular job. Maybe you need some extra money to buy some holiday gifts or do a vacation. And this is your little side hustle. And I'm going to Uber drive in the evenings, four hours a night for the next six months, whatever, to meet a certain financial goal. I don't see anything wrong with that. Should I think you should? No, you had your time. (laughs) Do I think you should pack it up, pack it up, pack it up, and then be like, I'm committing 100% into becoming an Uber driver? No, but I think it can... It, it's a it's a bridge. Mm-hmm. It can help accomplish or pay off certain. If you have a goal to pay off your credit cards, and you're like, this is, I'm going to do it by Ubering and say that I paid off my credit card because I was Uber driving. I actually know someone, a, real, a, a female real estate agent. She actually started Ubering, got a car just to Uber to pay off her debt. So I think in those, as, as a resource in those contexts, I think it, it can work. But it's not something you, you should do long term. I think it should be between zero and 24 months maximum, my opinion. I have a question for you, because this is one that does come to my mind all the time. When we talk about the money that people that make when they're doing Uber, Lyft, you know, those food delivery services, all of these things, and we suggest that it's something you can do as a part-time way to earn money. Is anyone ever calculating the expenses that goes against this money that's earned and the risk that you're taking against this money that's earned because you're on the road more often. So you're more susceptible to a car accident. You're putting wear and tear on your car that you have to deal with. You have to pay for gas for this car, tires for this car, Mm -hmm, oil changes mm -hmm. for this car. Like 
I always feel like it's one of those stories where you get the highlights without the lowlights. Mm. Well, great points on you know both ends, saying? guys. Yeah, totally hear what you're saying. Um, so if I may. Yes. We're going to jump over to Airbnb. Are you hosting Sean Linda? Well, I've been an Airbnb host. So, okay. And, you know, once again, it worked for me. It helped um, with my expenses and mm-hmm. it allowed me to do certain things with it. But, you know, the downside is that you had constant traffic in your personal space and it was a managing thing. And as my son got older, I just felt it wasn't the right thing to do that we'd have to sacrifice our home for. for and, you know, he was, he was becoming a teenager and I just wanted him to have his own personal space that nobody could interrupt with anymore. But in the short term, the two, three years that I did do it, it helped a lot. It helped pay some bills. And, and I met a lot of cool people. I really didn't have a, a cool lot of, thing. I didn't have a lot that, of huh? horror stories when I was Airbnb. It was that extra money that it helped. That's awesome. Arlington, what are your thoughts on, on the Airbnb situation? You know, Dion, Sean, sometimes Sean tells such a good story. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't have the spirit to attack it. I just have to be like, you know, Sean, that was wonderful. <laughs> it was just wonderful. And I think, you know, if you're out there like Sean Linda and you have the Sean Linda, the SL mansion where you can retreat your family to the West Wing as you Airbnb out the East Wing. I think it's great. Me, I live in a single family dwelling. If I bring people in, I got to get out. And I don't know where I'm going to go because Sean is usually <laughs> rented out the West Wing of SL Mansion. <laughs> but that being said, I am a fan of Airbnb. And the reason why is I feel personally, and Sean, I would like to get your feedback on this. I feel like the additional expenditures are minimal. You got to bring in a cleaning person, obviously, to make sure the place is prepared. Outside of that, like, what's the downside in expenditures? You know, it's just a system. And as long as you're, you're good at the system, you'll do fine with it. Like, you know, like a cleaning, like you said, consistent. And then you have your personal things that you can lock away and move. And then you have the things that you can, all the sheets, the towels that you want people that you're renting use and keeping your furniture in a certain order and making sure it's just keeping an order and specific and then managing the tenants coming in and out, you know. Right, which you do Check online, right? Right. Online Manage them phone. online. So, you, yeah, you buy a few towels and hire a cleaning cleaning person. And, I'm up for that. And back to your point, like, Arnz, I have a friend, she lives in Manhattan, and she has, like, a, a, a beautiful studio apartment in right in Midtown, and she would Airbnb her space and then and then travel, you know, which right. works. So I, I think we, even when you're traveling, you're going away on vacation, you can rent out your space and make that money that pays that can help pay for that vacation that you took. Totally. And then I just want to go back to one thing you mentioned, the whole managing online. But that's what's really also bolstered the gig, this gig, this type of gig economy is that one in eight mm-hmm. people or adults have a smartphone or right that they can actually yes. do business right from their phone. It's, it's for sure. Yeah. So for that's sure. pretty awesome. Um, yes. So we're, it sounds like we're, we're more in favor of the Airbnb. We see a little more challenge around the, uh, the Uber and Lyft. Um, yeah, a heck of a lot more upside, yeah, too. Yeah, right. <clears throat> All right, folks. I'm going to give you one more. All right. Bring it on. Bring it on. Speaking of uh, cleaning lady, are you giving up Gladys, who you had for five years, you know, that always came and cleaned your house, or are you getting giggy with it 
and going on a, a task rabbit or one of those online platforms to get your cleaning service. I got to start with this one. I got to oh. start. God rest her soul. My cleaning lady, Joanne, of 10 years was phenomenal. And then I went to one of those, like you said, those gig um, cleaning things. And one thing I can say, I just felt they had all their bells and whistles, check off this, check this, that. But uh, show me no love. Like the love oh, wasn't there. The love wasn't there. The love. I didn't have the love. Like Joanne <laughs> gave me the love. When I walked into my house, you could smell the love, you know. Now it was just so robotic. No, it's, it's real, and, Arlington. I've smelled the love. And it's you no just joke. check in. And, you know, it was no love. It was a love. special kind of thing. So I just think with them kind of things, you know, you, you're not going to get that that tender care love that you would normally get. You just get something that's so mechanical and like, here's what we're supposed to do. Here's our checklist. We did it all. Mr. Linda, have a nice day. Mm. <laughs> like, Next time you come, just make sure you bring more pine salt for me. I've seen a little dirt under the bed to the left that I want to get to next time. <laughs> <laughs> Arlington. Shot and notice your son. You know, he ain't doing... Uh, I see his papers a mess in his room. I tried to organize him a little better for him. But just, he's a growing boy, Sean. He needs to do these things and understand these things. <laughs> that love. Love. God Wisdom. rest your soul, Joanne. I loved you. Mm. Arlington, care to weigh <laughs> in. <laughs> Dion, you know, it's so hard for me to follow up that heartfelt story of how Sean had an... Elderly person working for him on the past. Oh my God, you're so wrong. That's not the case. I'm sorry, isn't that what you just said? <laughs> but, 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 yes. but, I agree with Sean. I think people that set themselves, you have to choose. Okay, here's my question. Here's my answer. In this type of economy, you have to choose the type of companies you wish to support. Mm -hmm. And I think independent people that set them up, set themselves up to be a cleaning service, I'm more interested in supporting them than the corporation Mm. that sets up a gathering of cleaners. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah, a, I'm a small yeah. business supporter. Mm-hmm. I like to support the small guy so you're, because you're... I think the small guy gives you, like Sean said, he gives you a little more personal service. You know, he knows your name. Mm-hmm. He knows your kids. He's invested. He's coming back next week. You're like, hey, I got a shirt that'll fit you. He's like, oh, let me get that. You know what I mean? I like that. Yeah. So you're, you're and... taking a social stance. Yes, I'm socially conscious. I'm California, yeah. I'm California. We're <laughs> but, socially conscious. But I will say, though, there's some people, like <sighs> even, the, like, you know, the new generation. I, I just found out today I'm, I'm OK Boomer. I get OK Boomers now. But the new people. <laughs> I the wonder mil- why. The, the millennials. <laughs> Please continue. They, they, they like that, you know, for those that, like, can book it from your phone, yeah. can set it up. They like the mechanical part of it. They like or that, the seamlessness of the it. The seamlessness of it. So, yeah. So it could work for them. So I'm not going to say like, you know, hiring a cleaning lady through an app is not a bad thing, but it's just a different type of service. Experience. And you're about the experience, Sean. That's all it is. He didn't say it was bad. It's like, this is what you like. It was bad, right? man. Yeah. 
This is about me and you. Now yes. you're trying to see. This is why you get okay, boomer. You're trying to speak for a generation that you're not a part of. You're not a millennial. Okay, stop speaking for them. Okay, and, boomer. And for those that okay boomered me, I am crushed. Okay, oh. I, I took me a week to figure out what the hell this okay boomer meant. You know what it meant? Shut up. <laughs> Stick to your generation and stop interloping. Oh. Wait till you get okay, Bayesian, which means you're not Jamaican. Oh, so stop using Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Well, that was to gig or not to gig. Tune in next time. <laughs> <laughs> Two black guys with good credit. The gig is up. Keep it locked. We'll be right back. Yeah, fake Jamaican. Oh. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. You know what we're talking about. The gig is up, people. The gig is up. Dion, please, can you help me out? Well, Arlington, you may love it or loathe it, but the gig economy <laughs> shows no sign of slowing down. On the contrary, by 2027, 60% of the population, working population, will be independent contractors. Damn. Yeah. So it's real. Wow. It is. But if Corporations you want, are dancing to the bank. They sure are doing that jive. But mm-hmm. or that gig or that jig. I don't know. Anyways. They're doing, the doing the jig for the gigs. <laughs> but if you want to learn more, if you want to pick our brains, feel free to always email us your questions to tbgwgc at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook. Instagram and Twitter at Two Black Guys Good Credit. And don't forget to leave us a five star review to make it easier for others to find us. Like 
This week, people were doing something a little different. The review is coming from me, one half of two black guys with good credit. I have worked on this show with Sean and Dion from its inception. I've been in and out. And the other day, I was running in the hills near my home, and it dawned on me that my friends, Sean and Dion, are doing something fantastic. They are sharing information They are changing people's lives, and this is a darn good show. The information that is being imparted is helpful. It is something that the next generation and the current generation and the previous generation can listen to, learn from, and make themselves financially literate, which will make them financially free. And to have a friend, to have friends that are participating in something like that, I wanted to take the time to give my friends their flowers now. Because I think oftentimes we don't tell people when they're doing something really great. So I encourage you to continue to support the efforts of Sean and Dion, the podcast Two Black Guys with Good Credit, their financial literacy initiatives through Financially Clean. The message is right. The motive is right, and they are doing their thing on behalf of this generation. So to Sean and Dion, I wanted to give you your flowers and say great job. Wow. Thank you, Arlington. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate that. I think Sean's tearing up. I am. I got to switch up my bottom line now. <laughs> Whoa. Without well, I, further ado, I will give you my bottom line before Sean hits you with his takeaway. Oh, I forgot that wasn't your bottom line. That was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Gives you a chance to collect yourself, Sean Linda. <laughs> exactly. You need a moment. Dion, is there anything else or shall I proceed? I'm actually, you know, still trying to find the words. That was really, really touching and uh, unexpected. So thank you so much. No um, problem. Yeah. But on that, um, this final note, my name is Dion Nichols, the lady with the history, the stats, and the cold hard facts. And I'm out. All right. And this week, people, my bottom line is simple. The gig economy is the future of work, and it's changing. And you're going to be one of two Ds, either in demand or damned. Ooh. And if you, <laughs> yeah, <Ooh>. if you <laughs> have the skills that are needed to sell, Because that is important, as Sean said. It's not just having skills. It's having skills that are in demand. So if you are a fantastic tuba player, eh, it's going to be a little challenging. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a little challenging to sell those skills. Not impossible, just challenging. So remember, if all you're bringing to the table is muscle, eh, it's going to be a little rugged out there. Because the writing's already on the wall. I'm Arlington, one half of two black guys with good credit. It's the game of life, people. It's wants versus needs. I'm out. Well, I'm Sean, and my bottom line is, well, first of all, let me just address Arlington, and I'll tell you all, your greatest resources in life, which you don't realize, is your good friends. Just build with them, grow with them, and become one with them, and great things will happen. That's my teary-eyed moment. Mm. No. <laughs> Back to my, back to the gig economy, my bottom line is it's very important to understand markets and know that, yes, 
this gig economy is not some generic thing. It's something you have to be finite in, specialize in. And, you know, like my boss would always say, you know, follow the opportunity. The opportunities will lead to the money. So look at what's needed out there, satisfy that resource, and, and leverage that. And look at what's paying. And not necessarily what's paying now, maybe paying in the future, but see where the trending is going. And I think the Internet is here to stay. I think tech is here to stay. It's still, from the 90s to now, it's still high price, high value. So focus on those things when it comes to gigging, and you'll succeed in the economy. And then, set, and then stabilize yourself with something that is concrete, like some kind of residual income. And that's it. My name is Sean, the better-looking half of two black guys with good credit. Keep your money where it belongs in your damn pocket. And I'm out. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.